Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network. Coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. My name is Nate Thurston. Across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. Charlie, you're a good dude. You're a good dog dad. Your dog's right there next to you. Mm-hmm. Sitting there. Yep. Really just because, you know, he wouldn't shut the hell up downstairs, so... <laughs> Now he's up here. And if so I, you can, you can and if I him left easier. him out of his kennel downstairs, he would have chewed the whole place up. I know. So. He literally started eating your couch. The couch. Yeah. He got and sick of all the other stuff. He got a notebook and chewed it all up. And now I realize a dog eating homework is actually a real thing. When it I was a happen. kid, I was like, there's no way. But when I was a kid, all my dogs lived outside. Not my fault. Blame mm-hmm. my grandma. She didn't like dogs in the when house. When I was a kid, all my dogs died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, uh, yeah. What's up? They, this is Good Morning Liberty. <laughs> they, they get hit or something? A lot of them, yeah. Mm. We probably have like 20 dogs. Wow. Yeah. All right, this is Good Morning Liberty, where we talk about <laughs> life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. My name's Chuck. With me, as always, Mr. Nathaniel, Nate, Paul, Revere, Thurston. What up, man? We do Good Morning Liberty every single day of the week when we want to, and even at night sometimes. Yep. And it is currently nighttime, and you can smash your subscribe or follow button. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. I know what you're thinking. Wow, these guys sound way more giddy than normal. Like they sound really happy. And you're you're right. We do sound really happy. And it's because we get to put up this photo right there of Megan Rapino crying. Mm. And I've been waiting to put this photo up. It's a bittersweet moment because I know because she's retiring. She's played her last game allegedly. Mm. It's a bittersweet it's bitter because I know now she's going to spend way more time saying dumb stuff. It's sweet because we get to put a picture of her crying. Yeah. Hey, at least she got paid equally. She did. For losing. I think just like the men did. There's like a, I think we have a video of her talking about what her favorite memory of all her years playing soccer. You got world cups, stuff like that. Winning the world cup, winning world cups. But uh, what's the favorite memory? Is there a memory that stands out to you right now in this moment? Oh, um, I mean, probably equal pay chance um, after the final. Um, and I think, you know, they were saying equal pay, but could have been saying a lot of things. I think this team has always fought for so much more, and uh, that's been the most rewarding part for me now you get a chant of equal pay after the final charlie because it it, it, the truth of the matter is it did not matter what the heck they did at all because almost all their money is taxed from the men literally yeah and so people are like oh they messed up because of wokeness or they messed up because of their anti-american or whatever no, they messed up because that's how incentives work. They don't need to do anything. They're just going to get the men's money. Mm-hmm. So who cares, right? That's what I think happened. They lost that. They're not hungry anymore. They're living high off the men's hog. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's no incentive. I know. I don't think that that's actually what. Listen, soccer is a tough sport, I'm told. Okay. Unless you're playing against them. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty easy. Okay. Yeah. Um, and look, I want America to do well, you know, like, even though we got a whole disagreement about how they 
stole money from people, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you still want to see your national team represent America. I don't care. Um, I didn't watch the game. Sweden won and they didn't do COVID lockdowns. So <laughs> I, I'm rooting for them. The whole because way through. Of that. That's why they won. Yeah. Because they got better immunity. It's <laughs> so yeah. it's not a mystery. <laughs> okay. Their women can run faster. Exactly. Yeah. And none of them none of them fell dead with heart yeah. attacks or anything. They're not know? vaccinated. <laughs> they probably still did vaccinate. Yeah. Everyone's making fun of her for missing this penalty kick. And listen, I think that that's I get it. It's fun to make fun of her for missing this penalty kick. Uh people miss shots. I want to make fun of her for having stupid ideas, mm-hmm. not for missing a kick. But this video making fun of her for missing a kick is really funny. If you're hanging out with us right now. All right. So if you're just listening that was her kicking the ball went wide high right way over the goal way out of the stands and it's it actually hit joe biden on the back when he tripped over that sandbag that's that's what happened so yeah. that's that one's worth that one's worth playing at least i get it what happened i mean I, I literally don't know what happened except they lost but they were up three to two no 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 those are other things to do with soccer i think those are penalty kicks or something i don't I know. know but they zero, were zero zero i know but they were up oh, three to two in penalty oh i don't know yeah because it looks like the u.s made three sweden made two they missed one and so then they missed one and then sweden must have made the next two and i literally do not know how soccer works do yeah. you have to get up to five to win well, I mean, because there's five boxes, I like you take five kicks and then it's whoever made the most out of the five kicks. Is that how it works? I don't know. I got to watch Ted Lasso. Does again. anyone in here watch boring sports? Anybody watch football? Anyone in here? I'm not making fun of soccer, by the way, I'm making fun of women's soccer. <laughs> okay. Yes, that's correct. So you take those kicks. Yeah. And then, and I think their, their uh, previous game was also zero, zero. And so they've really stepped it up here this year <laughs> and uh this is the round of 16 they didn't make it and uh, i mean we'll megan see. should know this by now but she's supposed to kick the ball into the net yeah it's got to go in yeah she's been playing long enough to but when you get old you forget stuff like that yeah that's right so what are you gonna do okay well that's one thing from the weekend that we get to make fun of here's something totally i mean actually completely unrelated it's kind of squeezed in here kind of weird between some more cultural stuff uh that was my fault for putting it in here how about this charlie elon musk is vowing to go to war against companies that punish employees for their activity on x meaning if you tweet something and people don't like it and you get fired elon musk and x are gonna they said they will spend whatever legal means to go to bat for you they'll go to war They'll go to war. Start digging trenches. Yeah. Uh, So I guess there's an article in here if you want to read that. Ex-owner Elon Musk said on Saturday night that his company would go to bat for people who are punished by their employers for things they do on his social media platform. If you were unfairly treated by your employer due to posting or liking something on this platform, we will fund your legal bill. No limit. Please let us know. Well, that's... I hope the lawyers don't see that. (laughs) Yeah. 
Can you get some price gouging out there? Bus later added that his company would also wage a public relations war against companies that punish their employees for what they do on X. Uh, and we won't just sue. It will be extremely loud and we will go after the boards of directors of the companies, too. I think, OK, the, the rest of it doesn't really matter. Um, <clears throat> this is one of those things where I think we'll like the outcome, but I, I'm going to maybe make some people mad here, but I don't really agree with them all that much on the first part. The lawsuit part, because I happen to believe, and I think Charles does too, that your company can fire you for whatever the heck reason they want to. Now, legally, are there grounds to do so? Like, can you use the courts to your advantage and and do something or sue them? Sure, if you want to do that. But philosophically, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with people getting fired for what they do on the app either, but I think that you should be able to be fired for any reason, literally any reason. I don't, you don't like, if I don't like that, you blinked just then fired out the door, Mm. gone, you know, we're in your house though. So that's kind of weird. That's going to be be awkward. Be really strange. (laughs) Yeah. I can still use the studio though. Right. I don't know. Mm. We'll have to see if, if I want you to or not. (laughs) Yeah. Be really okay. strange well it's a good thing i didn't fire you just yeah. then yeah i mean um i get what he's doing um and then you know a lot of people do get i would say unfairly let go for something that they do you know i had a situation once bring this down to a personal level because that's our our listeners love personal mm, they love it the more personal you can get the better mm-hmm. i helped found a company and um, this company was a travel company, so a lot of Patagonia folks and North mm. Face folks that, you know, use the company to travel uh, down to Peru. And a uh, great company still, good friends of mine that run it. And uh, I was told, because of this podcast... This one. Yeah, and other beliefs that I had, that um, I was no longer allowed to be listed as a founder on the website. Mm. Which I was like, oh, that's fine. That's no, you know, whatever. I get it. You know, these these woke Patagonia leftists ain't going to like what I have to say. That's fine. Uh, but then later they were like, yeah, you know, if you keep doing the show, then uh, we're going to have to, like, you know, let you go. And it was <clears throat> there were three founding members. So it's two versus one. Mm. And there was nothing I could do about that. Um, Did you guys even have to and they have, have an official board meeting or was that just done over the phone? No, we did, actually, because it was mm. it's a corporation. Um, so, uh, anyway, they bought me out cause they had to, um, cause I own shares. And so, but I didn't really fight it much. I was like, okay, you know, two versus one, I don't agree with the decision, but also like it's, even though it's our company, they owned the majority together. So it's like, okay, well you're saying that these principles don't align and it could potentially negatively harm the company, so we have to let you go. Yeah, and I was like, okay, fair enough. That's I, th- I that's think what that, happens. I think that that's fine too. Um, I I think they I I really it probably came out pretty well for you in that whole thing. I'm not really sure, but um, I, I mean, did okay. I think you did fine because you were able to keep doing this podcast, you know, and for better or worse, that's our lives right now. I kept doing what I believed in. Did you hear about this NASCAR driver, Noah Gragson? Mm-mm. 
uh, who's indefinitely suspended by NASCAR for liking a meme uh, of having to do with George Floyd. No. I haven't been able to find the meme yet. I'm assuming it must be pretty bad because indefinitely suspended? I don't know how long that is, but it's indefinitely. Has anyone seen the meme? Is it that bad? I can't find a... uh, I can't. I've been looking for it the whole time. Whatever Charlie was saying for the last few minutes, I was um, trying to find that meme. And uh, no offense, Charlie, I'm mm-hmm. kidding. I know the whole story. That's All fine. Right. You don't even need me for this conversation. <laughs> um, I'm you said to... he's going to find it and send. Yeah, if you can't find it, let me know. The same guy that had a noose in his garage? <laughs> oh no, no, <laughs> no. Um. Noah Graxon. I don't. I don't know. I don't watch enough. Did you see? Uh, was it? Was it Neo? Rap, I saw I that thing, rapper yeah. guy or whatever. I saw his video. It was pretty good. He talked about you know like kids can't be transgender, and then the next day made an apology. Like, well, kind of. Are you sure? Because he kind of didn't. I mean, the what I read seemed like an apology. Okay, so well, that he was really sorry. Okay. Yeah, that was his. Pub- publicist apparently because he put out a, a video of himself talking about it oh, just, so his publicist put it on twitter uh, apparently yeah so uh, he blasts his publicist for releasing an apology after he condemned the left's agenda of sexualizing and transitioning children uh this we're just kind of doing a free-for-all show right now there we go let's do it i didn't even know you had this, on in on there. Once. this is neo all right listen i normally don't give too much of a about what y'all think about what I do what y'all have to say about what I say whatever I normally don't care because like I said opinions ain't special everybody got one however this is something I feel very strongly on and I need y'all to hear this from the horse's mouth not the publicist's computer so check this out First and foremost, I do not apologize for having an opinion on this matter. I am a 43-year-old heterosexual man raising five boys and two girls, okay? That's my reality. Now, if my opinion offended somebody, yeah, sure, I apologize for you being offended because that wasn't my intention. My intention is never to offend anybody. However, I'm entitled to feel how I feel. I'm absolutely entitled to feel how I feel the same way you are entitled to feel how you feel. I ain't asked nobody to follow me. I ain't asked nobody to agree with me. I was asked a question and I answered the question. Okay. I have no beef with the LBGTQIA plus community whatsoever. I ain't got no beef with y'all. Do whatever the hell it is you want to do. Do what you want to do with your kids. However, Somebody asked my opinion on this matter, and this is how I feel. I will never be okay with allowing a child to make a decision that detrimental to their life. I will never be okay with that. I don't care. I, I definitely plan to educate myself a little bit more on this matter. However, I doubt that there's any book anywhere or any opinion that somebody's going to tell me that's going to make me okay with letting a child make a decision like that. That's just period, point blank, and that's how I feel. If I get canceled for this, then you know what? Maybe this is a world where they don't need a Neo no more, all right? And I got no problem with that. I'm a hustler. All right? I'll figure it out. I got kids to raise, and I'm going to do that regardless. So with that being said, y'all have a good day. I love everybody. Live how you want to live. Love how you want to love. But your opinion is yours. Speak your opinion as much as you well feel like it. Because as I said, they're not important. They're not special. Everybody got one, and you're entitled to it. I'm entitled to mine. All right? Y'all feel how y'all want to feel. Have a great day. It's neat. Okay. It's Neo, in case you were wondering That's at the Neo. end. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten until then. Yeah. I don't know who the guy is, but I agree with the only two minutes of him I've ever heard. Yeah, I don't know much of him. I probably heard some of his songs before. I just don't know what they are. Mm. Yeah. Um, so did he delete the apology tweet? 
I don't know. Hmm. This was the, uh... Yeah, don't... This is the one that... Don't apologize. Thanks, Magoo, for sending this over. So the one liked, the NASCAR driver liked. He liked this? On Instagram, I guess. There's audio, and I'm I'm terrified of what it's going to be. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Okay. I'll tell you what, that was pretty uneventful. As far as, oh, you oh, got okay. kind of muted. Yeah. Under the sea. Okay. Under the sea. It's just a meme that says under the knee. Under the knee. And it's playing that. Mm. And he liked it. And uh, indefinitely suspended from NASCAR. I don't know what that means. He, well, I'm George missing. Floyd was killed under someone's knee. Oh. Yeah, that's George Floyd. That's, oh. I know that looks like a crab, but the head on there is George Floyd's it's face. On a crab. On a crab. Mm. Yeah, and it says under the knee. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess if you're running an organization and you got a ton of sponsors and stuff like that, I understand but come on, can't we make fun of people dying anymore? Jeez. <laughs> What's this world coming to if you can't do that? Yeah. All right, what else we got? Oh, yeah, this also happened over the weekend. Good Lord, you see anything about this? No. All right, Twitch streamer Kai Kennett. I'm just going to say Kennett because I don't Jeanette? care. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Kai. Uh, Kai. We know it's Kai. KC yeah. for short. We'll call him KC has been charged with inciting a riot, a riot, not a riot, <laughs> it's Kenat and a riot. Okay, I'm just trying to read too many things. This looks pretty crazy, but at least you can get like a free PlayStation out of it. Uh, let's see what we got here. Um, let's find some actual videos of stuff going on. Well, that was one of them. Now, this is one where they're robbing this dude who's running a little shop on the side of the street, so that's cool. Taking stuff from him. That's not good. We're not actually showing the the uh, whole riot here. Let's How see is this the, Kai's fault? I know. we got to figure that out. ...with people, and we do believe that that was the vehicle that had Kai Sanat in it. The not. You were way off. ...could have been leaving the area, um, and that is why you're seeing that crowd there chase after that that's it. that's the vehicle right there that they believe kai Sanat is in right now as safan was saying he was there he was in the crowd for a little bit of- first off aside from the riot part how do you get yourself so obsessed with some dude who has the internet at his house and streams on a website honestly i think uh, if it's not us they're blaming the wrong person this is really Twitch's fault it is for having Twitch. the platform. Twitch is liable for this, and whoever owns place at Sony, it's mm. Sony's fault. Mm-hmm. You know. So what happened? What's the story? <clears throat> so he decides to do a uh, giveaway of some Playstations, and I think he did a video with maybe some gift cards, and they just had a jubilee of a time. So, this is because they didn't get a PlayStation. I know this just because they're so happy about the play. I'm. I don't know is the que- is the answer to your question. Hmm. Um. But anyway, there's a bunch of people beating on the hood of a truck, 
And then there this is, is in Chicago. Uh, this is in New, New York? York. In New York. Um, this video says that Kai predicted this. I didn't completely catch it, but people are saying, oh, they're going to play this in court. And I just don't, I don't want to have to go back through all of this and search for all of the language that can't go onto the radio. That's why I'm being so selective right now, because I don't have time for this. But apparently in here, they're looking at the Google Earth, uh, you know, like camera view of where they're going to meet and predicting that it's going to be mayhem when they go and do their meetup. Mm. Okay. Uh, that's the edited version that I'll tell you right there. We don't need this anymore. Uh, we showed that one. Here's one. This one says the side they're not showing of the Kai Sinat of Kai Sinat at the giveaway. I guess maybe saying we got to chill, chill, yeah. chill. Okay, so the question, Charlie. He said peaceful. He said <laughs> he tweeted peacefully out and patriotically. Uh, yes, march over and get your PlayStations. Yeah. Here's some aftermath. Uh, definitely no environmentalists there. Just people looking for PlayStations and gift cards. That's this is typical of any uh, PlayStation giveaway gaming, I've been gaming store that I go to. God. Yeah. Pretty normal uh, type behavior you would have right there. Here's one that people are upset about. It's when they accidentally, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I I don't know if they've ever done this before, but they accidentally rammed this guy, the cops accidentally rammed this guy through the glass of the van. (laughs) Just watch him. It's unfortunate. Oops. I hate it when that happens. That's not a wall, officer. (laughs) Yeah, that's glass. Uh, They went with the cheaper glass on that taxi. I'll tell you that right there. That's that's been replaced. It's because it's for New York, and they're like, this is going to get broken all the time. We're just going to get cheaper glass. All right, coming up, we're going to continue talking about this Kai Sinat rally, riot, insurrection. I don't know. We're going to talk about whether or not he should have been charged with incitement. That's kind of weird. Remember, you can find our podcast, Good Morning Liberty, on your favorite podcast app. This is Liberty at Night on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Unfortunately, due to government meddling, the company that partnered with Dash to offer Dash Direct is leaving the crypto business. However, they weren't the only provider of discounted gift cards for Dash. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands, including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. You could actually live off your Dash using bitrefill.com. Plus, many of their gift cards come with a discount. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org.
What's up, y'all? This is Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network. Go to BernieLives.com to listen to our podcast every day of the week. We've been talking about this Kai Sinat riot that happened over the weekend in New York. He's getting charged with incitement. And Charlie, do you have any clue what's going on? Okay, so let me let me see if I get the story right. Twitch, Good luck. This like famous Twitch streamer, Kai Sinat. Mm-hmm says hey i want to do a meetup and give away some playstations and some gift cards yeah and everybody's like oh that's cool and so a bunch of people start showing up and then just because there's a crowd then they start vandalizing things so people start you know i don't it know just, why it looks people like started to me vandalizing is a bunch things. of kids who literally have nothing else better to do i know and they have and so now here's a good they're on a march to destroy capitalism that's i think it's property and if you wanted to have like our philosophical libertarian conversation about this i think it's a hatred of capitalism i think it's a lack of respect for personal property and And this guy who tweeted this is jobless yb fan Mm. what's why what's yb i don't know but he's jobless um, this is uh, when Kai Sinat got released and people found out where he's staying and they're, I mean, what? who is this guy? Seriously? I, people care about this dude this much? I've never heard of him. Good lord, we need to be getting on Twitch, man. This is the kind of people you get? <laughs> I want to riot next week. Hmm. They're going to use that. Does uh, anybody in the live group know what's happening? Yeah, why did this happen? And why, okay, here's the, uh, another question. I don't understand how he got charged with, inci- with inciting a riot. Now, the, the excuse that they're using is that he didn't contact the police before holding this gathering and that he knew that there were going to be hundreds of people showing up in a public area, didn't have any permits, didn't talk to the police or whatever, and he had a bunch of people. Now, I don't think you should be able to get arrested for having too many friends. <laughs> And if I say, hey, what was your crime, yeah. Kai? Well, man, I just got too many friends. Yeah, you know? that's exactly what he sounds like. Yeah. And uh, that's what it sounds like to me. I get that bad stuff happened and all that. But I don't understand charging him with insight. You know, this is what happens. This is the Trump precedent. You know, when you just have your friends get together in a public space, you're going to get held liable for mm-hmm. whatever they do, apparently. Yeah. Except for he didn't get any charges with that because he's white. Trump did not get charged for J6. Mm. But Kai did not get in charge for this. I thought Trump was just indicted for J6. Had nothing to do with J6. It all had to do with the election claims. Mm. Yeah, they bring up J6 a bunch and how he caused whatever, but there's no charges related to January 6th. Except for the for it. Except for the election certification, which was taking place on January 6th. Mm. So there's stuff with that. But he did get impeached for Jason. He got, yeah, for, for that, inciting. for inciting. Yeah. When you, you literally can't, you can't charge him with criminal incitement or they, or they would have just done it. So yeah, if anyone can tell me why it is or how it is that this guy got charged with inciting a riot, it's actually pretty serious uh, charges for him. Looking at the article here from the Washington Post, uh, let me see. Uh, How much time they're talking about? I think they said the maximum is five years. Police arrested 
66 people, including 30 juveniles. Sinat was arrested and charged with riot, inciting the riot, and unlawful assembly. If convicted of all three charges, Sinat could be sentenced to five years in prison. So all three of those. The, uh, the issue I have is that if he did not tell all of his friends to, to go and riot and start tearing stuff up and being crazy, then I don't think the responsibility is on him. And even then, I don't even think the responsibility is on him. It's still on the individuals who took the actions. And I don't, the reason I don't like this, while I understand he probably knew it was going to be a, was going to be mayhem out there. Um, it's still on the people who did all the bad stuff, not him. You know, they could all lined up peacefully for all he knew. They were going to line up peacefully or at least mostly peaceful patriotically. 93% of them would have been peaceful. It actually looked like 93% were Bibles in hand, Mm -hmm. calmly whispering to one another about how excited they were about the playstations. I didn't see as far any PlayStation videos. I didn't see a single one. Yeah, or gift cards. Maybe that's that what it was—a fraudulent offer. Mm-hmm. There were no PlayStations. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they could charge <clears throat> him with that. It says here that Twitch has banned Sonat several times since 2021 for various infractions, including displaying explicit imagery, threatening other users, and streaming while under the influence. Is that against Twitch's um, rules? If that's a thing, lock me up. <laughs> You said, can anybody tell you can't switch under the influence? He's I'm, got 3.2 million subscribers on YouTube. He's number two most active subscribers on Twitch. Hmm. A lot of people. He must be a pretty, pretty big guy. Must be, nah, he's kind of small. I saw him in videos. Big as in a lot of fans. I mean, like in stature, like in the, in the community. In the entertainment industry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what does he twitch about? Obviously, he's drunk when he does it. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't remember. Why should we? Yeah. Okay, let's... It's uh, so bizarre. I think the other thing you have to think about is, again, you have a bunch of kids with no, like, purpose or morals. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they just think it's a good idea to run around destroying things. Like, you know, when I was a kid, and, like, you dropped a piece of trash on the floor, mm-hmm. somebody saw you do that and you didn't pick it up, they would be like, they would literally be like, did your mama not teach you mm-hmm. any better than that? And yeah. I'd be like, you know what? You're right. My mom did teach me. I shouldn't do that. I'd yeah. pick up the piece of trash and throw it in the trash can. You know? But nowadays, you just throw it on the ground, and you steal stuff, and you vandalize things, and um, that's a mess. I think Get your brooms. I, w- I was talking to Lacey about this because we had we were taking care of kids this weekend, and... Um, we were talking about how it'd be so tough to raise kids these days and in today's day and age. And, uh, we were saying, I was saying that if I ever had kids accidentally, God forbid, if I ever had kids that I want, I'd move to a small town. That way they wouldn't try that. (laughs) But, um, I would move to a small town because, you know, we grew up in a small town, you know, nobody tried anything. Good job on, Jason Aldean for making that pop in your head every time you say the word small town, yeah. at least. So that's pretty yeah. good. You know, in small town, when you <laughs> when you litter something, there's a good chance someone there knows your mom. Mm-hmm. And they're going to tell them, your mom wants you to do good. 
because there's not enough people in the community to go around like she reflection on her. About her. I know. Yeah, yeah. And there's just not so much of this this evil coming to us in those small towns, you yeah. know? So, um, mm. I don't know. You guys that are, that are parents, let, let me know. You know, I, you know, if you ever want to try something, mm-hmm. you ever thought about trying something out in the small town, <laughs> you better go to New York. Mm-hmm. That's where you try things. That's where you this try is it. what happens when you try that in the big town. <laughs> you see, that's why he wrote the song. You wouldn't try that in a small town. I guarantee you, oh. you would not. That's this is fantastic. <sighs> Night shows are pretty fun. It's yeah, our uh, who who gives a next up this thing meter. is going to make you mad. <laughs> this is this, this is, is one I just happened to look on Fee's website and uh, saw this. Um, so, Nature's Proximal Origin paper was a work of fraud and scientific misconduct. Say scientists who are demanding a retraction from from Nature. So, I believe just last week, Charlie, uh, or later tonight, if you're listening on Tuesday, uh, we talked about how uh, it was actually Fauci who commissioned a paper of experts. Which he then cited. he cited afterwards as proof that, it, that the uh, lab leak theory was not the most likely thing. It was uh, actually, it was actually natural. It was all natural, mm-hmm. you know. It was bats what it was Mm -hmm. a growing number of people including prominent scientists are calling for a full retraction of a high profile study published in the journal nature in march 2020 that explored the origins of sars cov2 the paper whose authors included immunology and microbiology professor christian g anderson declared that evidence clearly showed that sars cov2 did not originate from a lab quote our analyses clearly show that SARS-CoV-2 is not a laboratory construct or a purposefully manipulated virus, the authors wrote in February. That's how you know it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yet a trove of recently published documents reveal that Anderson and his co-authors believed that the lab leak scenario was not just possible, but likely. Yes. So the, the ones who published the paper saying that there's no way possible that it could be from a lab from a lab and that their analysis clearly showed that it was not a lab leak now we're finding out that at the time that they wrote this paper saying that it was not their most highest form of belief was that it was and so they wrote it because anthony fauci told them to that's why quote i believe this is from slack between the authors The main thing still in my mind is that the lab escape version of this is so friggin likely to have happened because they were already doing this type of work and the molecular data is fully consistent with that scenario. Anderson said to his colleagues, which published a series of Slack, oh, a a report from public, which published a series of Slack messages between the authors. Okay, so when people say... Trust the science and trust, trust the experts. The experts. This is what they are telling you to trust. They can and, all f- off. And this is why you do not just blindly trust things because these are human beings out there and they have underlying motivations and biases and their own incentives 
and you can make an analysis say anything you want it to say. And they were basically told what the analysis needed to say. All these scientists and they did it. should renounce their science ship. Yes. They should give up their science cards. Mm-hmm. Science is ashamed of this. Yes. I can tell you that right now. Anderson wasn't the only one, though. <clears throat> Look at this. Who else you got? Public catalog dozens of statements from Anderson and his co-authors, Andrew Rambout, uh, W. Ian Lipkin, Edward C. Holmes, they're naming names here, mm-hmm. you know, Robert F. Gary, between the dates of January 31 and February 28, 2020, suggesting that SARS-CoV-2 may have been engineered. Quote, the fact that we are discussing this shows how plausible it is, Gary said of the lab leak hypothesis. Quote, we unfortunately can't refute the lab leak hypothesis, Anderson said on February 20th, several days after the authors published their preprint. Wait, their preprint said our analyses clearly show that COVID is not a laboratory construct or purposefully manipulated virus. Now, why would they do something like this? Well, this is just speculation. I don't know. But. To complicate matters further, new reporting from The Intercept reveals that Anderson had an $8.9 million grant with the NIH pending final approval from Dr. Science, Dr. Anthony Fauci, when the proximal origin paper was submitted. (laughs) I didn't even read that far into it yet. You've got to be kidding me, man. That's not why he published it. They're not even... That's... No way he would be that unethical. You're telling me <laughs> that this guy was waiting on Fauci to approve nine million a $9 million grant at the time that he published this paper that Fauci commissioned. I'm not telling you that. The Intercept is. Oh, my God. Yeah. Guys, this... Uh, you remember... Okay, and the, an important thing to remember, which you also brought up in our uh, Fauci and Lab Leak conversation... Uh, previously is that the Rand Paul Fauci videos Fauci is so um how do you describe it angry angry as a way he is um narcissistic about it he's very condescending to, egotistical to egotistical that's a good one for sure and he's so confident and he tries so hard to attack Rand Paul for questioning science and for even acting like this is a possibility. And as you brought up, he was he was trying a little too hard to defend himself by attacking the person that was mm-hmm. asking him questions. And that's exactly what was happening. And I cannot wait for them to bring him back up and talk about this paper. I don't know if they've had a conversation about this paper yet. But I'm ready for Rand Paul v. Fauci part six or whatever it's going to be. Because it's going to be awesome. need to go to jail. Honestly. When you say that, it sounds that it sounds like a stretch. But imagine the public health experts out there running the country now. He'll say he has his own deniability. He didn't shut down anything. You know, he didn't shut down any schools. He didn't shut down any businesses. But... He was clearly the person that was advising the people that were doing that. And he was on the news 87 billion times a day telling people and going off of this and stuff like this paper. People were censored on social media 
People had their accounts taken down, taken down their their livelihoods taken away for even mentioning that this could have been a lab leak from the Wuhan Institute of of brand new coronaviruses. That it could have been a lab leak, and they they are so full of themselves <clears throat> that just them coming out and saying, "Oh no, you're crazy. You're just." You are just crazy. There is no way to this. I said that that's not what it is. And you have to trust me. You have to trust the experts. I'm the doctor. You're not. I'm the scientist. You're not. And you have to listen to me. And that is how we were treated for so long. I mean, for years. That's how we were treated. And there's still, there are still millions of people that would go to bat for this dude. There are millions of people that would tell you that the lab leak theory is ridiculous. And it's a conspiracy theory because Dr. Fauci said so. Look at this paper from Journal Nature. Also, also, here's the other question you have to ask. Why were they so afraid of it being a lab leak theory or being from a lab? Like, wouldn't you just want to get to like, okay, we're in the middle of a pandemic where you believe the models. Millions and millions of people are going to die worldwide. Mm -hmm. Worldwide. Wouldn't you just be like, who cares? We got to get to the bottom of this so that we can figure out what the hell is going on and stop the pandemic, stop people from dying and make sure it never happens again. But no, 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 no. The first inclination was to cover their own. Mm hmm. Was to, to slap paint on the donkey. You know? Yeah. The paint on the on the on the donkey. Pretty up the ass, you know, the lipstick on a pig. Something like that. OK. Yeah. Paint. You know, how you paint the pig Gl- glitter on a. Bullhorn? Mm-hmm. That's what that's how my granddad used to say that. I don't yeah. know how yours said it. But um Well, my granddaddy wasn't around. So. No, they did it because he knows that he was part of funding the research that ended up causing this virus to come into existence and is part of the reason that it leaked and that millions of people around the world died from it. And so that is why they initially came out mm-hmm. with the CYA radio friendly move. Yeah. Right there. Well you think about like when someone gets that angry, you know, in those exchanges, when someone's just asking questions and they feel the need to be that defensive because they know that they're wrong. That's why, because imagine if Dr. If, if Anthony Fauci really didn't know, you know, he was just taking those questions and he wasn't trying to cover anything up. He'd probably been like, well, you know, I don't think that that's the case. I mean, maybe there's something there, but you know, my expertise, like, I just don't really think that this could have come from a lab. Like you would, he would answer the question in a more genuine fashion, mm-hmm. not be so aggressively defensive. And typically when people are aggressively defensive, because they're guilty. That goes in politics <clears throat> as it does for anything else in life. I wanted to see, we can cut some of this up, but I want to see what this uh, exchange was. Funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan. Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Do they fund Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? D- Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North 
Carolina. Not you don't think inserting a bad virus? Like he doesn't do it, but if he does, but if he, he does it well. Spike <laughs> protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function. That is you not the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you about still support it? sending money to What's the Wuhan tweet? Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the to Wuhan uh, do Virology Institute. you support sending money? We did. Under your tutelage, we were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency right. and a sub-grant. Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected Or perhaps it would be irresponsible China. to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain-of-function research... I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying naturally. things that are not correct. Government defenders of gain-of-function, <laughs> such as yourself... <laughs> say that COVID-19 uh, mutations were random and not designed by man. But interestingly, the technique that Dr. Barrick developed forces mutations by serial passage through cell culture that the mutations appear to be natural. In fact, Dr. Barrick named the technique the noceum technique because the mutations appear naturally. Nicholas Baker in the New York Magazine said nobody would know if the virus had been fabricated in a laboratory or grown in nature. Government authorities in the U.S., including yourself, unequivocally deny that COVID-19 could have escaped a lab. But even Dr. Xi in Wuhan wasn't so sure. According to Nicholas Baker, Dr. Xi wondered, could this new virus have come from her own laboratory? She checked her records frantically and found no matches. That really took a load off my mind, she said. I had not slept for days. The director of the gain-of-function research in Wuhan couldn't sleep because she was terrified that it might be in her lab. Dr. Barrick, an advocate of gain-of-function research, admits the main problem that the Institute of Virology has is the outbreak occurred in close proximity. What are the odds? Barrick responded, could you rule out a laboratory escape? The answer in this case is probably not. Will you, in front of this group, categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory? I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Iran. Hmm. But they did. Yeah. <clears throat> they they funded it through what? I don't know. Just get out of here with that man. They funded it through the through Echo. other people, yeah. yeah. Eco Health Alliance. It's so. like it's like if I give you money mm -hmm. and then you're gonna give it to them. You didn't fund it. I, I did. Yeah. You're the scapegoat. You told me that I needed to follow all the rules. Mm -hmm. You winked when you did it, but that's not on paper. Yeah. 
So I gave you the money and said, "Hey, give this to the big guy." <laughs> that wasn't a. That was just ten percent of it, or was that the whole ten percent? Okay, yeah, that wasn't you know the best exchange uh, that we've heard. But uh, yet again, denying the gain of function stuff. I think he's going to have his day in front of Paul again, and it's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. I might watch it live this time because I'm going to be so excited about it. All right, y'all, coming up, we're going to talk about how unions and even the government got together to steal some of your money and even put people out of work. That's weird. Liberty at Night on Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on doing the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. What's up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? We're back. This is Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live network. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and has implemented some really cool features to ensure it's undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% of tax by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering the Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And a big thanks to Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash, Dash.org. Well, we got some stuff to talk about and not a whole lot of time to talk about the stuff. And so Charles stuff talk the uh, or actually I'll do this first one. You can do the uh, the next one. Um, this is a cool. It's not white pill Wednesday. This is kind of a white pill unless you live in Oregon. And that's not good. Specifically Portland. Listen, um, policies have consequences. Economics has consequences. And so this first story goes out to the people in Portland, Oregon, because Oregon lost a billion dollars of income. Uh, between 2020 and 2021. And by income, they mean theft. Yeah. As a result of residents fleeing the state amid surging crime, homelessness, and safety concerns. Now, the $1 billion, I think, is a uh, the total of the income of the people that left, not the tax revenue that they would have received from those people. A data analysis conducted by Oregon Live showed that 14,257 tax filers 
and their dependents left Multnomah County during the first year of the pandemic in 2020 and took a record $1 billion of income with them. The data showed that higher earners were more likely to leave since their jobs could be done remotely during coronavirus shutdowns, and the average income of people leaving was 14% higher than the people who left the year before. Before 2020, Portland had experienced 15 consecutive years of growth. Mm -mm -mm. In addition, the homelessness crisis in Portland has continued to spiral out of control, and several Portland business owners have sounded the alarm about the issue and the crime associated with it. Here's a quote from a business owner. Small businesses and large cannot sustain doing business in our city's current state. We have no protection or recourse against the criminal behavior that goes unpunished. Our city is in peril, Mm. says Catherine Seeley. That's peril. not good. Mm-hmm. I don't like peril. Not good. Mm-mm. Mayor Ted Wheeler's office reported a 50% increase in homelessness from 2019 to 2022. <laughs> the flood of residents leaving Portland appears to have continued since the pandemic as Portland lost 8,308 people from July 2021 to 2022. Census data shows Portland lost the sixth most residents in the country over the past year. Mm. People voting with them feet, man. Is this the chickens coming home to the rooster yeah i think so why i mean why do you think this is i, I thought if you lived in portland you're supposed to be down with all this stuff that's this going is, on i think this is what this is reaping what you've sown are they not compassionate enough <laughs> they're just weeding out all the non-compassionate people this is a good thing actually well obviously these are rich white supremacists <laughs> <laughs> yes that have somehow found themselves in the oregon yeah and then left for you know mm-hmm for redder skies and as uh, as costco just said in the in the live group just don't bring your voting patterns with you that's something that in in tennessee we worry about as well because as charlie has said before like all of your neighbors are from california and you want people to leave that's great to leave california but you want them to remember why they left california why it was that they thought that Tennessee would be a better place for them to live, why they didn't want to stay in the state that they're coming from. And they need to connect the dots between uh, the politics and the governance in those areas and not bring that with them when they come over. So I hope that they do that. But this is what happens, y'all. I don't know if the people in Portland, if the people running the government are going to notice this and try to change some things. Uh, But if they don't, it's not going to be good. The city's going to collapse. So what are you looking up right now? I was looking up what their income, their state income tax rate is. I'm trying to find, let's just say it's 5%. Do they have state income taxes? I think they do. I don't think I it's I thought just, they were one of the ones that didn't, but maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. Seeing 6%, but I'm not finding anything. Uh, there's an estimated tax. I don't understand. Anyway. Let's say that they... Emmy says we do have state income tax and no sales tax, though. Okay. So let's say it's around... Let's just say for round numbers, because I don't really know. It's like 5%. Mm-hmm. They lost a billion dollars, so that's $50 million. Is that what that comes out to? 5% of a yeah. billion? Yeah. yeah. $50 million. They could have saved a lot of homeless people with that money. $50 million bones. Mm-hmm. Have done, gone, and buried somewhere else. They could have redistributed that... Could have done this is their reparations plan is falling apart. You know? Okay, next thing on the list. This one's near and no dear. relation whatsoever, right? No, it's it's um kind of not relation, 
you'll see why we're talking about this. There is a video, but if you'll give everyone the the synopsis of the story real quick, girls. Mm. This good. is from CNBC. UAW, UAW, which is a union. They seek double-digit pay hikes in Detroit. Three auto contracts, contract talks. Detroit three are like Ford, yeah. GM, and who's the other one? Chrysler. That's uh, St- Stellantis mm. owns Chrysler now. Mm. Yeah. All right. UAW president Sean Fain said on Tuesday the union was seeking ambitious benefit increases in contract talks with the Detroit three automakers, including double-digit pay raises and defined benefit pensions for all workers. UAW presented its economic demands to Chrysler parent Stellantis on Tuesday and will make presentations to General Motors and Ford Thursday ahead of the September 14th expiration of the current four-year contract. They include proposing to make all temporary workers at the U.S. automakers permanent, placing new strict limits on the use of temporary workers and increasing pay time off. Bain also wants increase in pension benefits for current retirees and to ensure all workers get defined benefit pensions. Bain said the CEOs of the Detroit Three saw their pay raise by 40% on average over the last four years. He singled out GM CEO Mary Barra, which, by the way, she and GM are leading the way, according mm-hmm. to the White House, and EVs. They are. No? They received $29 million of compensation. Slaying stock. No. And said it would take an entry-level worker at GM Joint Venture Battery Plant 16 years to earn as much as she made in one week. <laughs> Fain listed numerous demands, including... Re- what a job. Man. What? To be the president of a union. Mm-hmm. Sit around... And then send off a list of demands to people who are doing the work. I know. What a job. It's awesome. Including restoring retiree health care benefits and cost of living adjustments. He also said the UAW was proposing to have the right to strike over plant closures and to eliminate the two-tier wage system under which new hires earn 25% or more less than veteran employees. They don't, hmm. they don't want new workers to earn less than veteran workers. That's going to go over really well for everyone. I bet everyone's super happy about that. I bet the veteran workers love that. Yeah. So why did I care so much about this boring story? Well, Charlie, as you know, we have been talking about CEO pay for a long time. And it's one of those annoying things that a lot of people don't really pick apart because it's typical for people on both the right and the left to hate people who are rich and uh, to hate CEOs of corporations and to hate corporations in general. Even a lot of libertarians the ones who give you a job, by yeah, the way. Yeah. And and so we've been one of the one of the podcasts or media people out there talking about this. We sound like shills, you know, I know. And but it's like just because we stand on principle. Here's why it's important. This this BS and by BS, I mean, Bernie Sanders argument about CEO pay has made it all the way to the president of the UAW. And is they are using the CEO pay argument that their pay has gone up by 40% to justify what equates to a 46% raise for all employees uh, at the Detroit Big Three. And the problem is the math don't add up on that. It really doesn't add up. You consider the fact that uh, what was the lady's name? Mary Barra. 
who received $29 million in compensation. I went ahead and did the math for you and worked that out. Uh, let's say that she made nothing and you just gave that to the GM employees instead. We're using the increase in her compensation as justification for raising all of their wages, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just not pay her anything instead. And then every worker that works for GM would get 10 cents an hour off of what she makes. That's it. Are you sure? It's about 300 bucks a year. 10 yeah. cents an hour. Yeah. Something like that for 98,000 employees in the U S well there, I did all their workers. Um, 57,000. Yeah. That's, that's what that would come out to. Mm. Maybe it's 15 cents an hour. Maybe it's 20. It's not a 46% pay raise. I can tell you that much. But they're using this argument of someone making $29 million to justify what's going to equal billions of dollars in increased pay for the employees at, uh, at GM and the other automakers as well. And then the problem is once you go further down into the rabbit hole here, you find out that she made $29 million in 2021. But of course, as you said earlier, most of it was not from her salary. Her salary is $2.1 million. It was $2 million the year before that, meaning she got a 5% pay raise. The rest of it came from stock compensation. Most of that was in options. And see, that's the thing. Yeah. It's a big risk mm-hmm. that they're taking, right? Then they would rather take the risk because they believe in themselves and they believe that they're going to hit these goals and therefore get compensated for it. What you don't hear about are the CEOs that get these options, usually for startups that end up going kaput mm. and they never get to reap any benefits of their total compensation. It happens all the time. You just don't hear about it. You only hear about the ones who end up getting to reap some of the benefits of their total compensation package. Now, one of the things that they talked about, the union rep talked about also was that uh, there was actually a, a pay decrease or compensation for employees that went down in 2021. What's the reason for that? They were shut down a lot in 2021. There were supply chain disruptions and they went to a lot of temporary workers because they didn't need full-time people because they weren't able to produce all the cars because there weren't any chips to make the cars. And so they not like potato chips, not potato chips, yeah, Taiwan chips, Taiwan semiconductor chips mm-hmm. for these cars. And so they didn't pay out as much. That she'll probably hit the uh, performance goals, I would assume. But what they do when they give the stocks and options away is they count that as if the person sold them already, when in fact it, it is tied to uh, performance. So that is, uh, let's see, GM said 90% of Barra's and other executives' compensation is at risk, meaning it depends on GM's financial performance and meeting other goals and objectives. But then we take that money that they technically could get paid if it goes well, and we use that to justify threatening a strike over the company uh, and saying that we should raise everyone's pay by 40% because their pay went up by 40% when it's a fake number. And reduce the work week by eight hours. Yeah, that too. You think, you think Mara, whatever, what her name, Barra, Mary Barra, you think she only works 32 hours a week? No, she probably works way more than that. <laughs> I would say now she's not on the factory floor or anything, but she's, she's doing work too. I think this is just a hatred for women. Honestly, I think that's all this is. Yeah. 
It's just all now these people hate women. Women have become CEOs. Now they want to mm-hmm. complain about CEOs. Now they're mad that she's getting paid more than they are. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I think the feminists should be outraged by this. <laughs> you know? So this is where it gets really annoying. This is where the, the rhetoric and the math don't line up. Uh, this is why we talk about the situation so much. And why is it important to you? Because what do you think is going to happen to the price of vehicles when everyone there gets a pay raise either they go on strike and they don't make the vehicles which would be really bad for the economy and really bad for the price of automobiles or they get pay raises which is going to be bad for the price of automobiles i'm in favor of people getting pay raises but i want it to be because it's what they earned and you'd rather pay them more than have them walk out the door because no one else is going to replace them so let's move on to a another completely unrelated topic and this trucking firm, Yellow. Remember those trucks? The yellow on the side of them? Oh, yeah. Ever seen those before? The yellow? Three years after receiving a $700 million pandemic-era lifeline from the government, the struggling freight trucking company Yellow is filing for bankruptcy. After months-long negotiations between Yellow's management and the Teamsters Union broke down, the company shut its operations last month and said on Sunday that it was seeking bankruptcy protection so it can wind down its business. The downfall of the 99-year-old company will lead to the loss of about 30,000 jobs and could have ripple effects across the nation's supply chains. It also underscores the risks associated with government bailouts that are are awarded during moments of economic panic. Okay, New York Times. I'm like, wow, look at the New York Times talking about how the government's making bad decisions. Hmm. Oh, it was Trump. Okay, there we go. Now we found out why. They can print this. Yellow received a $700 million loan during the summer of 2020 as the pandemic was paralyzing the U.S. economy. The loan was awarded as part of the $2.2 trillion uh, CARES Act, and Yellow received it on the grounds that its business was critical to national security because it ships supplies to military bases. Now, this is not one of those loans that they just got the write-off, by the way. They have to pay this back. And (laughs) here's the other interesting part. Uh, that, well, we'll talk about it. the fate of the loan is not yet clear. The federal government assumed a 30 percent equity stake in yellow. Hmm. I wonder who talked about that. So how they get the loan, the federal government assumed a 30 percent equity stake in yellow, who is now filing for bankruptcy in exchange for the loan. It could end up assuming or trying to sell off much of the company's fleet of trucks and terminals. Yellow is the third largest small freight co- trucking company and a part of the industry known as less than truckload shipping, the industry has been under pressure over the last year from rising interest rates and higher fuel costs, which customers have been unwilling to accept. So they haven't been able to pass on their own corporate greed to their customers, mm. I guess, meaning they weren't able to raise their prices as much as their costs were going up. So there was someone else being corporately greedy above them Mm. just so you know even more higher level corporate greed those forces collided with an ugly labor fight this year between yellow and the teamsters union over wages and other benefits those talks collapsed last month and union officials soon after warned workers that the company was shutting down well i bet those workers are so appreciative (laughs) of their union badgering this company into filing for bankruptcy so all thirty thousand of them can lose their jobs (laughs) That's just great. And this is, this is what I've been dreaming of, you know? Yeah. You fight so hard and the company's like, well, you know what? We're done. That's it. You can get your raise. 
at the company that yeah. no longer exists. Hopefully someone else is going to hire you for more money. <laughs> and by the way, if they're and here's where the market comes into play. It's well, hopefully someone else is going to hire you for more money. Well, in a market, if there is someone that is going to hire you for more money. Now they don't have to. That trucker should have already gone to the company that was going to hire them for more money. Yeah. All right. That's what the market would dictate. They're all going to be applying to Taylor Swift's <laughs> trucking <laughs> yes. company now. We'll get pre- paid pretty well. You know, she, well, she gave them all like $200,000 bonuses. Did you she? See? Yeah. I didn't see, see that. that? Yeah. How about that? She must have saw our meme that we put out there <laughs> a few years ago, long time ago. Uh, company officials place much of the blame on the union, uh, saying its members caused irreparable harm by halting its restructuring plan. Yellow employed about 23,000 union employees. Uh, a quote from them says, We face nine months of union intransigence, bullying, and deliberately destructive tactics. The Teamsters Union was able to halt our business plan, literally driving our company out of business despite every effort to work with them. So what happened was they were in a bunch of debt. They got this, this pandemic loan. And they wanted to restructure their company. Now, when people restructure their company, they need to fire people. They need to make things more efficient. Uh, they they need to decrease people's hours or they need to increase the amount of things that are in the trucks that are driving around. And if there is a union, they place all kinds of barriers in your way to firing people and decreasing people's hours and maybe not paying them the same or the same benefits or whatever. And so they weren't able to restructure to keep the company going. The Teamsters Union said in a statement uh, last week that Yellow has historically proven that it could not manage itself despite billions of dollars in worker concessions and hundreds of millions in bailout funding from the federal government. Uh, so anyway, the, the moral of the story is here. Aren't unions amazing? Mm-hmm. They're just out there. And the government. And the government. Isn't the government. Oh. In December of 2020, Stephen um, Mnuchin. Mnuchin was the secretary of treasury then. He defended the loan, arguing that had the company been shuttered, thousands of jobs would have been at risk and the military supply chain could have been disrupted. We don't want to disrupt the military supply chain. He also predicted that the federal government would eventually turn a profit from the deal. So good at businessing. Now, I forgot about the Trump part. Best at it. Federal watchdogs and congressional oversight committees have scrutinized the company's relationships with the Trump administration. Donald J. Trump tapped Mr. Hawkins, that's who was running Yellow, to serve on a coronavirus economic task force. And Yellow had financial backing from Apollo Global Management, a private equity firm with close ties to Trump administration officials. Democrats on the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis wrote in a report last year that top Trump administration officials had awarded Yellow the money over the objections of career officials at the Defense Department. The report noted that Yellow had been in close touch with the Trump administration officials throughout the loan process and had discussed how the company employed Teamsters as its drivers. And so, yes, I did mention the corruption because I believe that this Mr. Hawkins, who eventually ended up being uh, on the Coronavirus Economic Task Force, was also working out the $700 million pandemic crisis loan to keep Yellow going at a time that Yellow was looking at going bankrupt anyway. Of course, the uh, lockdowns did not help with that, but they had an excuse to give them money. That's the government spending your hard-earned money, taking 30% equity stake in a company that was already failing, and then a union 
preventing that company from doing the things that it needed to do to keep going and the two of them working together to waste your tax money and to put their own union members out of work. So, great. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about a letter that a child allegedly wrote to Joe Biden because it's hilarious. Some of his America First plan. Clip from Mehdi Hassan on MSNBC, Carrie Lake, Michael Beschloss. This is Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on Free Talk Live. If you like what you're hearing, then go to BernieLies.com to listen to us every single day of the week when you want to. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. What's up, y'all? This is Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. Let's talk about a letter to Joe Biden. I love it when kids write letters to President Biden. Because mm-hmm. so, kids know a lot. Yeah, yeah, very, very knowledgeable kids. And Biden says, Brindley, it's my job to build a better future for you and your classmates. Biden, your number one job is to stay alive. Okay. <laughs> number two, stop Breaking the law. Yeah. A-hole. Number three, maybe you should start with your own kids. You sign law, <laughs> constitutional laws uh, that are passed can we trust, by elected representatives. Can we trust a dad whose kids didn't turn out very well? Can you trust a dad whose kids didn't turn out very well? And I'm, look, a, ch- child, yeah. a child can go yeah. rogue. Yeah, I mean. But. Yes, it doesn't all have a lot to do of influence. You know. There's a lot of influence from. I know your upbringing. Bo could have done better. You know, he should still be here. (laughs) I think that I think that is Biden's fault. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dear Joe Biden, my name is Brindley and I'm a fifth grader at a school that has been blurred out. My friend in Fresno, California, my class has representatives. We are writing to our reps about things we care about. I think that you have been doing a good job and i wanted to say thank you fan you fan you saw you thought there are lots of things you have done that were that we appreciate i like that you passed been the respect for marriage act this is a fifth grader i like that you passed Ben, the Respect for Marriage Act, because I know, what's that say? People. People who are gay. And I'm glad that you passed the Respect for Marriage Act, because I know people who are gay. He knows people who are gay twice. Perfectly worded. Mm. And I'm glad that they can get married, because they couldn't get married until he passed the Respect for Marriage Act. (laughs) I also appreciate that you passed the child tax credit because it helped me and my family during the pandemic 
when the U.S. government put my family out of work. No, she didn't say that part. Sorry. Uh, the child tax credit. Nobody is perfect, especially your son, Hunter. <laughs> she didn't say that. And there are still things I wish you could do differently. For example, my class and I think it should be easier to get trampolines. However, <laughs> however, overall, I think you are a pretty good president. I'm sorry. The, I'm fact, over here. the fact that they kept that part in <laughs> just like it shows you this kid knows nothing. And I love of kids. Of course the kid knows nothing. I love kids. Kid. <laughs> I love kids. But you're doing a great job. I think you could do th- better. Like you could get us trampolines. However, mm-hmm. overall you did a good job because somebody told me to say this first part. Yeah. Now I'm offended by this because trampolines are dangerous. <laughs> okay. Not just for kids. All right. They're yeah. very, very dangerous for people. They can break your back. They can break your back. One single jump. That's all it takes. Okay. Um, anyway. What we need is more trampoline regulation. We need tr- yes. And then we can have trampolines for all. <laughs> that's what we need. It's and not, it's not that Bryn Lee is. No, that's, I was about to say the yeah, same thing. She's probably a sweet kid. That's not it. Like You're a kid. You're expected to be dumb. That's fine. You're not dumb. You're ignorant. Yes. Okay. The kids are ignorant. Yes. Harry Sison is ignorant. All right. What's dumb are the people who take anything seriously whatsoever from kids or that the president posts this as some kind of a win like this fifth grader has any clue what they're talking about at all or the adults that push this agenda on them like thank you for passing the respect for marriage act because i know people who are gay yeah do you think this fifth grader was really sitting there thinking about no no, they clearly weren't 10 or 11 years old yeah something like that 10 or 11 like First off, they weren't sitting there thinking about it because if they did know someone who was gay, those people could already get married before the Respect for Marriage Act. Yeah. And kids don't and the kids don't even care yeah. at that age. No. Yeah. And she's probably thinking about the Barbie movie, getting some new Barbies, and having some sleepovers with some friends. All thinking right. about what Jessica said to Brittany and how it wasn't fair. You know? To Brittany. And she stole her poster from her locker. Mm-hmm. And she's going to badmouth her name to all the other kids in the school. What she's thinking about are the trampolines. Oh, that's right. Okay. Let's get to something a little more serious. We'll have a small, annoying economic conversation, and then we'll get back to other things that don't actually matter. Okay, don't (laughs) worry. President Biden says that for decades, there's been a law that says when the federal government spends your tax dollars, they must be spent on American workers and products. But the vast majority of elected officials haven't seen that law through. Well, guess what? I'm insisting on it. This sounds great to a lot of people. This is like a bipartisan issue, I bet. You know, because if you're going to spend our money on stuff, like if you're going to steal our money under threat of death and buy solar panels, well, then you should take our money and spend it in our country. Right? That's that's the way you think. Unless it is going to Ukraine. Yeah. You know, that's America and Ukraine. That's that's fine, I guess. Not even our weapons are made in the U.S., you know, not all of them. So uh, here's the problem. When they do take our money, if they're going to spend it, I personally would prefer that they get the best bang for my buck. So if they're going to take, let's say, a million dollars collectively from our neighborhood and they're going to buy solar panels, I would rather them get I would rather them get a uh, hundred thousand solar panels 
that's not going to work out mathematically. I know that a thousand, the, a thousand solar panels, then getting 200 solar panels, because what matters are the products that you get back from that money and what, what value you're getting out of it. The solar panel usage doesn't get better because you spent more money on it. The actual return that you get from the solar panels doesn't get better because you spent more money on it. All that happens is there's some more money floating around in the U.S., but then the government's just going to take that. And that money's getting put towards American jobs that are getting paid too much money for things that we could get cheaper elsewhere. And those people should be putting their effort to uh, more, I don't know, efficient uses. More productive things. Yes. You know, we're talking about allocating scarce resources here and getting resources in return. And if they are going to do this, I think that they should get the cheapest things possible so we get the most return for it instead of wasting that money. Cheapest, best. Yes. Those two have to go hand in hand. But they should do. Yeah. But that's not what they're Because I can tell do. you a solar panel. Thing. Yeah? Yeah. How much? There's no... Doesn't collect any solar. Okay. Well, but I'll it, call it a solar panel. Does it panel. say solar panel? It's cheap. Could I write off like 300 bucks on my tax returns? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Sounds good. That's why it has to be cheap and best. Now, this like uh, this America first thing, um, this whole we see it with tariffs, anything having to do with trade. I thought America first was a fascist thing that Donald Trump was ushering in as Hitler squared. Well, I know that when Trump does it, it is. Oh, but Biden. Yeah. But when Biden does it, it's uh, democracy. I don't know. Freedom. Bidenomics. I don't. Yeah. You can't argue with Bidenomics. How can you? Yeah. We've all read the basic Bidenomics book. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into some more fun things. What do we got next? Mehdi Hassan. Mehdi Hassan is on MSNBC. He's one of the most infuriating people out there because what he does for a living is, is gaslight people. He's a great debater, and he's one of those people that's great at sounding like he's making really good points, and he speaks with authority. You know, it sounds like he's correct when he does it, but... Mehdi Hassan is responding to Tom Cotton. Charlie, what did Tom Cotton say? Tom Cotton X's every time. <laughs> so weird when you say it. Every time a Republican won the presidency this century, Democrats tried to stop the certification. Yet none of them face criminal charges over what is obviously First Amendment protected activity. Mehdi Hassan quote X's this X <laughs> and, and says... This man is a Harvard-educated lawyer, so he's not dumb. He knows exactly what he is saying and doing here. It's pure gaslighting. So, when you tell the truth... When you say that Democrats have have um, tried to stop the certification for different reasons... Now, not all of them uniformly trying to stop the certification. It wasn't all Republicans uniformly time. trying to no. stop the certification. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Trump's own vice president was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. That's literally the Mr. only president served. Not going to do that. That's the only reason that we stopped fascism in America is because of one man, Mike Pence, Mike Pence <laughs> went up there and hit the gavel. Yeah. Whatever it is that he does when they do that. Uh, so it's, it's actually Mehdi Hassan who's gaslighting you right now. And he's accusing Tom Cotton of gaslighting people by telling the truth. And then he's gaslighting you by accusing them of gaslighting. I know that we just made the point perfectly, but I would like to um, point out here a video that we've played in the past, and we'll listen to a minute or two of it, of Democrats in the past 
not just in 2017, but in 2005 and then 2013, not th- in 2015, um, all trying to say that the elections were stolen or whatever they were. We've we've played this in the past on the show before. But here's the gaslighting that Mehdi Hassan is, is talking about. I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral vote... I object to a certificate uh, from the state of North Carolina based on violations... 2017. Because people are horrified. 2017. I object. I've objected to the counting of the electoral votes of the state of Ohio. I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina because of the massive voter suppression. I have an objection to the electoral votes. The objection is in writing, and I don't care that it is not it is not signed by a member of the Senate. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask, is there one United States senator who will join me in this letter? If Stacey Abrams doesn't win in Georgia, they stole it. It's clear. It's clear. There are still legitimate concerns over the integrity of our elections. I agree with tens of millions of Americans who are very worried that when they cast the ballot on an electronic voting machine, that there is no paper trail to record that vote. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what thing. I'm scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. He is an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice president for candidate? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election and he was put in the office because the Russians interfered. One thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he knows he didn't. He knows he's an illegitimate president. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last Al Gore won that election. I think he won it anyway. I must object because of the overwhelming evidence of official misconduct. After the election, when you stole the election, you came back here and said, get over it. No, we're not going to get over it. You know it. I know it. They know it. We won that election. Right to vote has been stolen from qualified voters. In 2004, the democratic process was thwarted. The 2004 presidential election in Ohio was riddled with unnecessary problems. Some machines malfunctioned, causing votes to be counted more than once, or not at all. Based upon an inordinate number of allegations. Okay. There's a whole video of that. There's a lot a lot of uh, evidence of this happening. In fact, on in the uh, in the last election, one of the things that people are uh, upset, one of the things in the indictment actually has to do with this uh, elector scheme that uh, Trump was working on uh, to have these alternate electors. And of course, as it says in the Constitution, Charlie, the electors in you know, the Electoral College, uh, they have to go vote for the person that won. Kind of. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to. Maybe. Kind of. It depends on whether or not your state has a law saying that they must do it, because actually it doesn't say that they have to. I think that this has been changed in the last couple of years, or in the last year or so. Uh, But this happened... Well, because each state can make their own election laws. Mm -hmm. And um, this happened right after the election, before Trump was certified in January of 2016. These are famous peoples. Republican members of the Electoral College, this message is for you. 
As you know, our founding fathers built the Electoral College to safeguard the American people from the dangers of a demagogue and to ensure that the presidency only goes to someone who is, to an eminent degree, endowed with the requisite qualifications. An eminent degree. Someone who is highly qualified for the job. The Electoral College was created. You think they read all the Federalist Papers? <laughs> I was thinking that, too. Isn't it so weird that they're quoting they the Federalist Papers? Yeah. <laughs> They'll go back to the original meaning when it suits them. President. There are 538 members of the Electoral College. You and just 36 other conscientious Republican electors can make a difference. By voting your conscience on December 19th. And thereby shaping the future of our nation. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. As you know, the Constitution gives electors the right to vote for any eligible person. Any eligible person, no matter which party they belong to. But it should certainly be someone you consider especially competent. Especially competent to serve as President of the United States of America. What? This is the most important part of the video, I think. We have to stop this. I'm not even going to say it if you're watching a live video right now, but this has to stop. It's not okay. All right. It doesn't look good. No. No one likes it. It's a lot of syringes. This this must stop. Mm. Heard. Oh, man. Okay. I especially love these videos. They're so moving when you can clearly tell that they've given each one of these people the exact same script to read all right and what they do is they splice together different parts of each actor reading the exact same words from the script which is why it goes together so well it's moving but each one of them gets to act like they're saying something that they deeply and truly cared about which is a script that's been written for all of them because they're actors okay and they're all reading and looking into a camera uh, but anyway, Mehdi Hassan says that Tom Cotton is just gaslighting. Mm-hmm. That's that's the most important part here. The gaslighter says that someone else is gaslighting. <laughs> How about that? Mm. But what about the other side of the equation? Because it's not just Democrats that are crazy in this scenario. There's also Republicans that are crazy in this scenario. In this case, Carrie Lake, uh, who was a gubernatorial candidate in Arizona, I guess we go back to the videos here. She's got a way to solve this crisis that we're going through right now. This is a guy who's already won. He won in 2016. He won even bigger in 2020. Talking about Trump, by the way. All that January 6th was, was a staged riot to cover up the fact that they certified a fraudulent election. And I, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what Cash said about impeachment. If we just go back and deal with this, this fraudulent election and, and what happened in 2020, we don't have to impeach him because he really isn't, in my opinion, and many others, and you look at the evidence, the true president. We just can, why don't we decertify 2020? And that's the way we deal with this is a- Okay. She wants to decertify 2020 and reinstall Trump as the rightful president mm-hmm. to his his Run. rightful throne. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, when it comes to the election thing, I am entirely open to the idea that elections can be stolen. Entirely open to it. I'm entirely open that it can be fraud. But I, I have been shown no conclusive evidence. Not that there isn't any that exists because you have to find the evidence. 
I don't have access to that stuff, but all the stuff that people have brought up has not been proof of a stolen election and anything that they have found was not enough to change the outcome of the election either. And so I'm entirely open to the possibility that it happened. I'm sure that there was way more funny business than what we even know about. Uh, but there's a difference in having that point of view, which in my opinion clearly is the correct one. Mm. And going out there and talking as if it is truth. It is written. This is the case, even though you've got no conclusive evidence to prove it. You can't show how many of the votes were fraudulent or what the outcome would have been otherwise. Um, Plus, how do you have time to count 160 million votes? Yeah. By hand yourself. <laughs> Takes a long time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not done yet. You know, lost yeah. count out of the restart. Mm-hmm. You should write it down. You know, right. don't try and keep counting your head. Yeah. That's tough. Be a lot. <laughs> All right. So we wanted to show something from the other side of the aisle there. That's Carrie Lake. Michael Beschloss, who is an author and a historian, I guess, apparently, whatever, a pretty bad one at that. Uh, let's listen to him talking about these newest indictments. And January 6th, by the way, the indictments themselves, like you're not tied to anything with January 6th, technically in the indictments. Uh, There's not like an incitement indictment or anything. I think the last 12 hours fit perfectly into the American story. And that is this. From time to time, America faces threats from monsters who want to destroy our democracy. That happened in 1861 with the Confederacy. Abraham Lincoln and, you know, northern soldiers and northern voters came to our rescue, saved the Union. The same thing happened in 1933. Almost at the last minute, Franklin Roosevelt came to power, saved our economic system. Pearl Harbor, 1941, we were bombed. Our system was very much in danger. Our democracy, many people were giving it up and saying that, you know, the the democracy had seen its last days. Franklin Roosevelt helped to put a coalition together at the last minute to save democracy and freedom around the world. 9-11, 2001, Osama bin Laden and other terrorists hated our democracy, tried to destroy it. You see where I'm going. What we see in this indictment is that on January 6, 2021, Donald Trump, just like those other threats to American democracy, tried to destroy our system, to take away our rule of law, came very close to doing it, to take away our system of elections, to take away our tradition of peaceful transfer of power to a new elected president. It almost... He wasn't going to give Bush credit for... At the last minute, <laughs> saving, saving our, our democracy system. after the terrorist attack in 9-11? No, I don't think we did that. Hmm. No, I did want to echo this point. When it comes to the Confederacy, he talked about the Confederacy as this thing that uh, rose up and tried to overtake uh, the country, but luckily the North came in and stopped them. Um, they, At the last uh, minute. Councilman in here said, listen, uh, okay, I don't, I don't like the Confederacy. I'm not... A racist. <laughs> All right. You would I say get that. It. A racist would say that. I get that. it. Yeah. But no, they actually tried to leave. They tried to secede from the country. They didn't try to go up into the north and overtake everything until they tried to secede and the north wouldn't let them. And then there's a war and then they're, then they're fighting the war. Okay. So a little bit of mischaracterization there, yeah. in my opinion. Right. We're trying to leave a democracy is 
trying to destroy that person's democracy. Like that's, if I try to leave your house today, I'm trying to destroy your house. You know, <laughs> the, the right thing to do would be to keep you oh, here. Sorry, Copper. I just saw the C and I assumed that it was Councilman. My bad. But but if I try to keep you here, that's going to save my house. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. That's how you say. Like if you try to leave our friendship, mm-hmm. and I coerce you into staying friends with me, mm-hmm. that's what saves democracy. Okay. Anyway, we got that point from Michael Beschloss Moore that these comparisons, when you take Pearl Harbor and 9 11 and then January 6th, <laughs> where one person was, one unarmed person was killed by Capitol Police, Ashley Babbitt was killed, and then there's a few other people that are questionable. Okay. You got the officer who died like the next day or something from a stroke or whatever it was. And uh, the the common number I see is either four or five. And it's, it's weird. I'll just say it's weird. You got one person who was straight up killed uh, that day through violence. And it was uh, one of the protesters as opposed to say 3000 people who died on nine 11 and about uh, 3,000 people who yeah, died at Pearl Harbor. 3,000 for Pearl Harbor. Uh, but January 6th clearly belongs in that same category. Well, when all those things are trying to destroy democracy, Nate. Yeah. That's the thing we have to hold together, democracy. It's the most But it's their thing. version of democracy. <laughs> remember, remember in Congress, they were upset because one Democratic senator wouldn't vote with the other Democrats. Mm-hmm. And then therefore, that wasn't democracy. No. You know, that was one person, one person deciding everything (laughs) coming up on Liberty at night with Nate and Chuck. We're going to talk about all the stuff that's happened over the last several years and how you have been gaslit. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is Liberty at Night with Nate and Chuck on the Free Talk Live Network, broadcasting from the one and only Nashville, Tennessee. If this is your first time joining, smash that subscribe button. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. All right, Charlie, this is a little bit different because we're not just talking about whatever news item happened today, not even talking about economics and stuff like that. You know, we had this new Trump indictment come down. If he does, in fact, have to spend the next 600 years in prison, then that'll be a big deal. Are you leaving? Is this kind of the state of our culture union? Yes, kind of. But what I noticed, what I recognized, is that things are just crazy right now. And I noticed that I had a hard time tweeting about it, or Xing, or whatever you call it, about it, because... Posting now, I guess, because it's reposted. Right now, we're talking about symptoms of symptoms of symptoms of symptoms of problems. And anything that we try to address, it, we're just not even talking about the root cause of the problem. And I realized once it's so you're trying to get down to the roots. Well, not all the way, but I wanted to I wanted to go through the timeline of how crazy, just how crazy the last several years have been, uh, mainly since the mainly since Trump was elected president, but just a little bit before that. And why it is that we feel are made to feel crazy right now. And it's it's not because we are as libertarians or conservatives are crazy. It's because we are being constantly 
gaslit. It's because things have been crazy over the last several years. There have been contradictions on top of contradictions. Hypocrisy, double standards abound. And anytime you try to point them out, you're made to feel bad or crazy or a conspiracy theorist or a racist or whatever it is. You name the thing. You're shamed. You're called names. Yeah, exactly. Just for asking questions. And Simply I, asking questions. So what I wanted to do was get a timeline written down of why a lot of people are feeling so crazy, specifically as it pertains to stuff with Trump, uh, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Clinton going to be in there, COVID lockdowns. We're just going to talk about it all. It's technically the last nine years and 40 minutes. Someone start a timer. <laughs> so I wanted to, this is important for the story later on, but to start early in the timeline, we have to start in 2014 when Hunter Biden, who was the son of then Vice President Joe Biden, joined the board of a Ukrainian gas company because of all of his expertise. Which, by the, the way, remember when we thought 2014 was crazy? It's, it was. Back in 2014, we're like, this is crazy. It can't get, it can't get crazier than this. It gets, it gets, it gets crazy. And 2020 said, hold I know. my Skittles. So we know about the Ukrainian natural gas company and all the money that Hunter Biden's getting paid. And then you add this into the picture, which is Joe Biden forcing Ukraine to fire a prosecutor. So he, he bragged about withholding a billion dollars in foreign aid from Ukraine under the condition that they fire Victor Shokin, who's a prosecutor who was previously and coincidentally investigating Burisma for money laundering and tax irregularities. Which his son, Hunter Biden, happened to sit on was, the board of. Was on the board of. Very, very weird. Making right? a lot of money. You'll want to watch this video because I've got a lot of slides going along with this and uh, news clippings, things like that. Uh, so they, they fire this prosecutor who had previously investigated Burisma, who Hunter Biden was on the board of. All right, so we know that. Now, next we get into the 2016 presidential election and we have trump and clinton two of the most hated candidates ever in the history of the world except for now trump is like the most loved person by millions tens of millions of people since jesus i'm pretty sure (laughs) yeah all right but we found out before the election that hillary clinton had a private email server that had many classified documents on it and not only that she wiped that hard drive she told them there was nothing in the parts that she wiped. And then they found like thousands more that she wasn't supposed to have. And the information that she wiped off, you're talking destroying phones, hard drives, things like that. Classified documents that she was not supposed to have on that server, but she, she did not get charged. Okay. So let's just keep that. Cause they, they knew that her intent was not nefarious. Yes, of course. They knew. Exactly. Yeah. We I know mean, it's Hillary. It's the Clintons. Mm-hmm. Good people. Yeah. You know, fine people. All right. And then we, so we get the election. Trump wins the election and uh, beforehand and then right afterwards. And then for like three years after that, we're told that Trump had conspired with Russia to steal the election. All right. Not only it was every, it was every news cycle every day about Trump conspiring with Russia. And you're talking his entire presidency. Yes. The entire presidency was about how he was in fact, an illegitimate president. Hillary Clinton, in fact, said this many Democrats said that the election was stolen. Was there a hashtag? Not my president going on at that time. I believe there was. Yes. 
And I mean, <laughs> it gets even when you look at what just happened with uh, Trump's latest indictment, uh, where he was trying to get these uh, this, quote, fake elector scheme, these alternate electors to cast votes in his favor. Um, there were Democrats calling in 2016 before he actually took office that they actually have the electors not vote uh, for, you know, if you're in the state and you win the state, then the electors are supposed to vote. There's several people calling for those electors to not do that, to either not vote for Trump or to vote for Clinton. And during this time as well, we have the Senate, we have Congress telling us uh, that Trump was colluding, that they have evidence. We have Adam Schiff out there telling us that there's plenty of evidence, that he has evidence, for sure evidence, that Trump was colluding with Russia. And there's also evidence in plain sight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And later on, uh, we get the Durham report and we find out that there was no evidence of any clue. And in fact, they spent tens of millions of dollars and years and years and years digging into this and couldn't find anything tying Trump to Russia. Did Russia try to affect the election by with social media accounts and things like that? They did, but they found no collusion between the two of them. Okay. So that was years, years of our lives that we were told this. All right. And we were also told that Russia was trying to destroy our democracy during that time. That's important for world events that happen later on. But there's like half the country that is retrained to see Russia as a massive threat to the United States and to see Putin as a friend of Donald Trump. Okay. That seems pretty important for later on. To go a little deeper on that, it turns out the dossier actually came from the DNC. So not only <laughs> it was literally manufactured, it was manufactured by the Democratic, the DNC to put forward this narrative mm -hmm. that we spent millions of dollars investigating daily news cycles just ingrained in people's mind. We impeached the guy. Well, that was over Ukraine, not the Russia collusion thing. Yeah, that's what we're about. There was a lot of testimony in the yeah. impeachment that had to do with Russia collusion over the Ukraine thing. And uh, it turns out that it was actually started. The, the first poke was by the DNC. The interesting part about that is that they had uncorroborated witness testimony. The FBI did uncorroborated witness testimony from people who had previously been caught lying uh, in testimony to the to the DOJ that they just went with and they went with this big investigation from it. So you want to keep that in the back of your mind. The fact that they in this specific scenario got uncorroborated information from a known liar tied to the other candidates campaign and they still went. Oh, with the big narrative. The live group figured it out, though. What's that? So dossier is a French word mm. and France is on the same continent as Moscow, like you can get to France from Moscow by train. Okay. And so Russia, connected. Russia collusion, <laughs> very connected. <laughs> plus, plus, you know, France invented democracy or whatever. That's what I hear in movies sometimes. Yeah. And, and so therefore dossier being a French word, that must be something that's going to protect democracy. And so therefore you have to trust the dossier because it's going to protect democracy. That's the other sounds about as legitimate as all their other claims. <laughs> Later on, Trump threatened to withhold military aid to Ukraine 
under the condition that they get to the bottom of what happened with Victor Shokin and Burisma and that prosecutor being fired and, you know, Hunter Biden being on the board. Did that have to do with the fact that he was going to be running against Joe Biden or that he was or whatever was taking place? Maybe. Sure. Maybe it did. Uh, But he was impeached for this. All right. For withholding, giving our money to other people and asking whether or not there was, in fact, corruption from the previous administration. And then Trump was impeached (laughs) for that. Okay, now you you thought things were crazy at that time, but then we're coming into the 2020 presidential election year. And what happens? But a pandemic outbreak from the land of China. Mm. Now, that's pretty crazy. That is pretty. I'm not saying that it broke out because it was a presidential election year. I'm not saying that. I'm but just saying how crazy is it? What a coincidence <clears throat> it in is, timing. It, it is a And sometimes bad things happen. Okay. And we all have to understand that. Now, it originates in sometimes China. Sometimes one of the worst things in 100 years happens. Yeah. And it just so happens to be an election year. Now, it originates in China where they've got the Wuhan Institute of coronavirus manufacturing lab (laughs) (laughs) and so people started to say that there was potentially a lab leak from wuhan all right but that was of course just a big conspiracy theory this lab leak theory is censored on social media conspiracy theorists are branded as racist for suggesting that it leaked out of a covid lab in china (laughs) or asking (laughs) yeah and that but now, by the way, that that possibility is seen as the most likely scenario by several U.S. government agencies. So that's a really weird one. And speaking of the... And by the way, we were banned on YouTube, Facebook, <laughs> yeah. TikTok. We were shadow banned everywhere. Banned for lengths of time on certain platforms uh, just for talking about literal data from the CDC, from the WHO, not the band, mm-hmm. from oh, just you name it. We were literally just asking questions and reading stories, and they were still shadow banning and banning us. We went as a small libertarian podcast making $5,000 a month on Facebook to zero immediately. Gone. All right. And then shadow banned everywhere. It's pretty nuts. Pretty crazy time. Uh, Here's a news clip how Facebook censored the lab leak theory all right so we know that they cracked down on this crazy misinformation and to add to the lab leak theory we also know that dr anthony fauci commissioned a scientific paper in 2020 february 2020 to disprove the wuhan lab leak theory a paper that he commissioned and then cited as his source for why it did not originate from the wuhan coronavirus lab because that's the scientific method (laughs) and then you got to trust the science yeah you know and he is science right remember that also happens during this time i didn't put enough anthony fauci stuff as i said earlier covid's origins most likely lab leak agency reportedly says we got that in february of 2023 just a few years after Dr. Science commissioned the paper disproving the lab leak theory. That he then cited. Now, during this time, remember, we're still in the presidential election year. We're still in 2020 right now. Oh, and then, okay, I have to mention this about Dr. Fauci. If you watch the Rand Paul-Dr. Fauci fights, Mm -hmm. you can see the manipulator in action. Oh, yeah. Because Rand Paul would ask a question or challenge him on something, 
and he goes to attacking him personally. And that's exactly what happens when you're faced with someone who is scared to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. We get the COVID-19 lockdowns. We get the economy destroyed. Businesses shut down. People at the shelter in place. Millions of people lose their jobs. Public gatherings of any kind are illegal in many places or most places because those could be super spreader events. You have 20.5 million people lost their jobs in April and 850,000 people lost their jobs in March of 2020. All right, then we get $2 trillion COVID-19 relief bill. We get payments sent out to people. And remember, one thing that's really important during this time as it happens is that you can't have any large gatherings. In fact, even like some churches can't have service. Unless you're like a governor or something. It's too, that's true. You can do stuff like that if you want. <laughs> lockdown protests. People would want to protest the lockdowns. And of course, those were called super spreader events. Okay, so you can't even go out there and protest the government shutting down our way of life, our ability to produce and earn. And then, this is still 2020, we get George Floyd and Derek Chauvin. So we get not only a a pandemic in a presidential year. I'm not saying it's because it was a presidential year. Viruses don't have intentions like that. But... It is just crazy how 2020 was because we get that virus. We get an economic shutdown. We get George Floyd in those protests. So now you can protest. You can protest. Here's a headline from the New York Times. Are protests dangerous? Question mark. What experts say may depend on who's protesting what. (laughs) Public health experts decried the anti-lockdown protests as dangerous gatherings in a pandemic. Health experts seem less comfortable doing so now that the marches are against racism. And this because com- the virus knows <laughs> as long as the cause is good, then it can't spread the virus. The rationale given at this time, there were over a thousand health professionals signed a letter saying that not to shut down the protest because racism was a bigger problem. Now, what's weird to me is how dangerous this virus was. And I mean, what do we have like a million people die in the U.S. from it? Something like that. Ish. I don't know. Some 1.2. Some with, some without, or whatever. Yeah. Because of, or with COVID. Uh, that's another thing that we need to remember. We were miscounting many deaths as COVID deaths. You get in a car accident and you test positive for COVID and you died from COVID. Uh, very famous examples like that. Shark ate you. Well, we tested the blood from your arm and turns out you had COVID. Okay, thus proving that sharks are attracted to COVID, and that's why you can't go to beaches during the lockdowns. So we get these health professionals signing a letter saying that. So we got the George Floyd riots going on. $2 billion in damage to many small businesses and large businesses, personal property. Dozens of people died. Many of them just innocent people or people trying to protect their property or other people's property. You, get, you see the images of cities on fire, city blocks on fire around the country. <clears throat> and then we hear about mostly peaceful protests. <laughs> and that was one of the, the funny moments that we saw. I believe it was CNN and they say mostly peaceful. And in the background, there's just things on fire and people rioting. <laughs> it was amazing. Let's get back out of the uh, the protests, the the race riots and the worldwide worldwide pandemic that happened in 2020, the election year. One other thing that's important to know just before all of this happened is if you rewind just a little bit to December of 2000, 
19, the DOJ receives Hunter Biden's laptop. The laptop details, among other things, among many photos of Hunter Biden's thing, (laughs) deals with foreign nationals and even an infamous email with the line 10% for the big guy. No clue who that is. Mm -mm. Whoever people determined to be the big guy. I don't know who it is. Yeah, okay. still don't know. They knew it was was real, by the way. We just found this out like last month or in June that when they had it in December of 2019, they knew that it was real and that the information on that laptop was real. What did they do with it? Nothing. They, nothing? They did one thing with it. They did nothing except warn social media companies in the summer of 2020 to expect a Russian hack and leak operation prior to the election. The New York Post breaks the story in October of 2020 and was promptly censored by That's social 11 media. 11 months after the DOJ had it in their possession. And knew it was real. Uh, and so here's a, a clip. Politico, Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinformation, dozens of former intel officials say. 50 former intelligence officials signed on, casting doubt. Look at all these letters that these experts are mm-hmm. writing and signing. When we know that they knew... In 2019, that it was real and was not a Russian disinformation operation. But these experts signed on and said that it was Russian disinformation. Okay, so Joe Biden wins the election in November of 2020. Two weeks later, both Moderna and Pfizer announce that they have 95% effective COVID vaccines that are ready for market. Once again, I would say 2020 will go down as the most coincidental year in history Mm -hmm. nothing to see here because good lord the timing of two weeks after the election moderna and pfizer remember we got these covid lockdowns the economy is shut down millions of people are put out of work they have nothing to do but riot and burn in the streets two weeks after the election guess what we've got life-saving vaccines we're going to be able to get back to normal here pretty soon that is really good luck that joe biden has so we go into January of 2021, and we get the one of the worst. I mean, it's tough to even talk about. It is. But of course, Trump was not conceding the election. He is talking about voter fraud, stolen election, irregularities. Ironically, just want to point out mm-hmm. that the same thing happened mm-hmm. on the other side in 2016. It when is. Trump won the election. It is. And it was called unprecedented. What he was doing was unprecedented. No one had ever tried to challenge the transfer, the peaceful transfer of power before. Yeah, I know. Not even Al Gore taking it all the way to the Supreme Court not in 2000. <laughs> not even that. So we get to we get to January 6th, the day that they're supposed to vote. Uh, the electors supposed to vote. Trump holds a rally and tells people to peacefully and patriotically Make your voices heard. March to the Capitol and peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Well, what conservatives know that many Democrats don't is what it means to be a patriot. (laughs) And (laughs) then we get a very patriotic picture right here of people Mm -hmm. hanging out at the U.S. Capitol. I don't condone this. As we say every time, we is that a BLM protest? We went. I'm, no, no. This is one of the bad ones. Oh, this is a actually really bad. A lot of these people probably died from COVID. Afterwards, those those death figures we don't have really from January 6th, but it, it wasn't just the unarmed protesters that were shot and killed. There's a lot of people got COVID that day. So we have this protest that turns into a riot. And then we also have just a little bit more confusion thrown in to our brains for people to remember. We know that the FBI had you remember the thing with uh, Gretchen Whitmer mm. up in Michigan. You know, that they basically created an entire kidnapping plot. We know that they like to get involved in movements and stir stuff up. 
so they can justify their existence. Ray Epps was not a Fed, though. He was not him. There could have been others, but it definitely wasn't Ray Epps. Yeah. Ted Cruz asked some pretty pointed questions. I'm like, hey, did you guys have any federal officers or informants? in the January 6th crowd, and they're like, oh, I can't answer that. Did you commit any crimes? Like, were there federal officials or informants involved in committing crimes on January 6th? Can't answer that. If the answer isn't no, then the answer is yes in that scenario. Mm -hmm. It should be no. But you're just supposed to look past... You have to look past the fact that the U.S. government probably had its own people in the crowd committing acts of violence or property destruction on January 6th. Completely wipe that from your memory. It does not matter. But they had a pass to do so. Not important. Not important at all. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about more stuff surrounding COVID, Hunter Biden, the Clintons, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and all of the ways that you've been made to feel crazy over the last few years. Liberty at night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network. We've been talking about how you have been gaslit over the last few years, talking about Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, the Clintons, COVID, the election, all sorts of different stuff. Let's keep going. COVID's still going on, by the way, at this time. And now people are ramping up their misinformation on social media. People are starting to say that this 95% effective vaccine is not, in fact, 95% effective or a vaccine. By that meaning that it does not prevent you from getting COVID or spreading COVID. That is beginning to get censored on social media. Maybe because the government was pressuring these companies to do so. I don't know. That's a conspiracy theory. Just so you know. At this Um, time. At this time. At this time. So, of course, we're rolling out all these articles about how the vaccines are still effective. Don't pay attention to the misinformation. Uh, But then we actually get a fact check here. We'll just use something that Joe Biden said, which is that if you're vaccinated for COVID, you do not spread the disease to anyone else. And it turns out that was even rated as mostly false because you clearly could spread the virus. Rachel Maddow said the same thing. Exactly. Now, despite the fact that the vaccine is not effective in both of the major ways that the vaccine should be effective, uh, we have Biden, who was against vaccine mandates when he was running for president, decide that he's going to have vaccine mandates. Now, he's not going to mandate that everyone gets the vaccine. It's only people who want to get enough money to survive. And feed their families. Feed their families. But if you don't care about doing that, you don't have to get the vaccine. And so he has the employer mandate. People with more than 100 employees require vaccination. Uh, he did lose that in court. So the private mandate does not go into effect, which, by the way, I think he knew that the private mandate was not going to go into effect. But what happened was many people in preparation for the mandate to go into effect got vaccinated in the time leading up to the time it was supposed to go into effect. And then, and then it was blocked. But you still had a lot of people that went and got vaccinated. They still a lot have, of these, and remember, a lot of these people had lost their jobs previously. Thanks, Bailey. Um, and then now they got jobs again, and they're like, "Well, I don't want to lose my job again." Like, yeah, yeah. So I better go do this thing. Uh, we still, they still have the healthcare worker and the uh, government workers contractors mandates that are in effect. They get away with the healthcare worker one because if you take Medicare or Medicaid at your facility. 
then they can mandate that you get the vaccine or they can withhold the funding. (laughs) Yes. Which means you're, which means they put you out of business. What about kids in school though? We had kids that did remote learning, not the same thing at all. We have a lot of learning loss. We go backwards in the literacy rates and math proficiency. They were forced to mask, which has all kinds of effects. One of them is not preventing COVID, but it has a lot of other effects. Yeah, like speech. (laughs) Even The Atlantic said that the CDC had a flawed case for uh, kids wearing masks in school because they pointed to the studies that they were citing. And just for an example, one of the studies that they cited to make the case uh, compared two different school districts. And let me just give you rough numbers because I haven't looked at the study in a while. The district that did not have masking, say they look at August. Here's your number for the district that doesn't do masking. And here's the numbers for the district that does do masking. And you look at August. Well, it turned out the one that did do masking also only went to school for two weeks in August. And the other one went to school for four weeks in August. And so they didn't even go to school for the same amount of time because the district started on different dates. And they used those numbers as a reasoning for forcing kids to wear masks across the entire country. Now, that is actual misinformation. Yes. It's purposeful, deceitful, insidious data to try to compare things and being dishonest about the data that you're actually using. And all for what? It wasn't to protect people because they know that that's not what they were. Listen, a mask could work if it's an N95 and you do it perfectly and i mean you you wash your hands if you touch it you like switch to another one afterwards little kids it seals properly little kids wearing the equivalent of a piece of silk over their face at school no you don't pull it down to talk (laughs) remember the clip of joe biden pulling down his mask to cough you're wearing a mask because of covid and you pull it down cough cough down okay (laughs) That's what you do with a mask. That's like the actual time that you need the mask. Yeah. All the other times should have been down. Cough up uh, with the mask. Oh, the mask. I remember you weren't even allowed to go to the hospital to see your dying loved one. You weren't allowed to be there for your kids being born. Dude, I got a terrible story that I was remembering. You know, my neighbor died during this time and um, her husband. Uh, so when she was put in the ambulance at the house, she was still alive, still talking. And her husband tried to get in the ambulance with her and they wouldn't allow him to get in the ambulance. So he had to travel behind them. Well, on the way to the hospital, the ambulance stopped and pulled over. And it turns out that she, uh, she died during that time. He wasn't able to be with her. He was sitting in the car behind the ambulance while his wife was dying. That happened a lot, I'm sure. All right, to get to a brighter note, Biden taking credit for creating jobs after businesses are allowed to reopen. Remember, there were over 20 million people that lost their jobs because businesses were shut down. Well, when the businesses are allowed to reopen, Biden is repeatedly and still taking credit for creating jobs that simply came back into existence after they were legally allowed to come back into existence. COVID started to magically disappear. It's weird. I wish we would have said at the end of 2020, that if Biden won, COVID would start to disappear as soon as he took office. I think we did. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We did say that. You could probably find several clips of us saying that it was going to be gone Mm -hmm. if Biden won and it was going to get worse if Trump won. You have to wonder how we keep predicting the future. I know. know. It's just, you guys, 
We're the experts, actually. And you need to trust us. <laughs> During this time, by the way, uh, we get we get U.S. Inf- U.S. inflation at nine point one percent. So but also we- remember, on the way up, the whole time it was it was transitory. You know, mm-hmm. this was gonna this was not gonna last. It wasn't gonna keep going up. It was all transitory. Nothing to see here. Flooding the market with all this new money had nothing to do with it. Mm-mm. And then when it, then it reaches nine point one percent, and we are told. It's because of corporate greed. Corporate greed. It's mm-hmm. these businesses uh, price gouging people. Uh, that's that's what it is. Not all that money. Uh, there's another thing that they blame it on, which is Putin's price hike. <laughs> I early, forgot about that. Early 2022, we get Russia invading Ukraine and we get the Putin price hike mm. because oil prices, food prices shoot up. Um, it's it's very interesting that the uh, the oil prices go up. Biden blames oil companies for not producing enough oil just a year after or two years after he had promised that he would have a plan to lead to the shutdown of all oil production. In fact, here's an article from Forbes saying Biden promises no more drilling just days after demanding more drilling. And that's in November of 20. <laughs> but it's their fault. God. Why would you feel crazy during this time? It's your. This is your yeah. fault. This is your fault for thinking that there's something wrong, yeah. Charlie. It's just you. That's. It's not them. Literal gaslighting. <laughs> like perfect example. Yeah. Nate. Nate, can you uh, can you drill some more for some oil? Can sure. you do? Sure. Will you do that for me? If you'll let me. Yeah. <laughs> and then later that night, yeah. I'm like, no more drilling. <laughs> I don't know why these companies are drilling. No more. We also get uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter during that time. Remember? Can you guys remember back when it used to be called Twitter? Mm-hmm. That was crazy, right? That was. I can't even imagine that website being called Twitter anymore. You know? Just I love the way how X rolls off your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah. X. We get the Twitter files in, in December, and that's when we start finding out a lot of things about... The Russia collusion narrative, we see the government pushing Twitter to find Russian bots and trolls and blame them for uh, stuff with the election. We see them uh, trying to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story, uh, vaccine. Not trying to. They they did. Well, Twitter did. You know, the government just suggested that it could be, you know, Russian hack and leak operations, stuff like that. They suggested with a gun in their back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they suggest things. Uh, so we, we get that. Uh, we get vaccine misinformation, disinformation. People mentioning that there could be side effects of the vaccines. Charlie, wouldn't you know it? This was the first medication ever created by man to not have any side effects at all. Not a single one. Yeah. Completely safe and effective. And that is what we're all supposed to believe for the first time ever in history. Of medications, I believe it's not in your notes, but this was around the same time that they were going to have the the truth department. Oh yeah, the, mini- the, it's mini- not the ministry of truth. It's the uh, disinformation governance board. I that's, think that's right. DGB. Yep, <laughs> the DGB coming after you. And that, that happened around Who's the same that knock time. Knock on the door. Hide the kids, honey. It's the DGB. It's- They're coming to toss the sheets again. <laughs> <laughs> hide all your disinformation somehow that didn't last because there was a big uproar about that but 
That was, that was very interesting. Social media won at that mm. time. And by the way, you remember uh, Russia invades Ukraine, and now we are heavily involved, and by heavily I mean like over $100 billion involved in protecting Ukraine from Russia, those people who stole the 2016 election and installed Hitler to power in the United States. You know, the guy who created one of the worst days in American history. And so we are trying to fight Russia, and we're paying Ukrainians to die in our battle against Russia. Is <laughs> mm-hmm. essentially what happened. Russia has repeatedly threatened to use nuclear weapons if Ukraine tries to take Crimea or continues to hit Moscow. But even with these threats, it seems that there are no lengths to which Joe Biden would not go to to protect the Ukrainian government. And I've wondered, I've always wondered, what is it? What is this hold? I guess he's very charismatic, but what is this hold that Zelensky has over Joe Biden to get him to fork over any amount of money or weaponry to Ukraine to fight Russia? I don't know. Maybe you can go back and listen to earlier in the episode and see mm-hmm. what that might be. Mm-hmm. No clue. Uh, we do have... If you're confused by now... <laughs> You should be. Corruption has ended because tax and firearm charges were filed against Hunter Biden. His first name's Robert? Mm, Bobby. Bobby Hunter Biden? Bobby Biden. Bobby Biden. <laughs> Come on. Why could have gone with Bob Biden? Yeah. Hello, folks. I'm Bob Biden. <laughs> That's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's charged with a D- DOJ. By the way, thanks in part to information that was found on the laptop that the DOJ earlier pretended didn't exist. But... We could not ignore the information because the New York Post released a heavily censored story and got all of this information out into the public. And so they did some investigation. And we found out through the Twitter files that yeah. it was legitimately asked to be censored. Yep, yep. And so we get tax and firearm charges. All right. So keep that in your back pocket there for a minute. Trump withholding classified documents. I skipped over his first indictment over the dumb stuff in new york uh you know but trump withheld classified documents and you got the doj investigating that listen he this is the one that's really going to hurt him he had those documents and he knew he had the documents and you got it you, you got hard evidence that he asked for people to destroy it to lie about it to do all kinds of things he knew that he shouldn't have them and um they're going to they'll easily be able to get him on that one. I don't, I don't think about, I don't know what to think about the others, but it looks pretty open and shut as far as documents go. And as we know, the, the DOJ is very serious about classified documents. Always yes. has been. Yeah. Always has been very serious about Since this. 2016. Yeah. Um, Hunter Biden, not Hunter Biden, President Biden, classified documents were found in multiple locations Belonging to, to Joe Biden. In his garage, in his office. This guy, he doesn't care. <laughs> in his car? Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Classified. What were the documents? I don't know. No one cares to ask anymore. No one cares. Mm. We haven't mentioned this in a long time. I guess none of it mattered at all. It was just important enough to be classified. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. So we can just brush over that one because who cares? We don't really care about classified documents. Uh, but then we get the actual indictment of Trump. Unclassified documents, many counts related to those, as I just said. Oh, you know, the Hunter Biden thing where they charge him with the, the tax stuff and all that. He gets a sweetheart plea agreement uh, that 
basically also is a immunity deal for any future things he's charged with, <laughs> which is why the judge decides Mm-mm, we're nope. not going to do this. Uh, you guys got to finish out these investigations and bring the whole thing to me at one time. We got to know about all of this stuff. Okay. So the, uh, the judge did reject that plea agreement. Uh, so that's, that's good, I guess. Uh, and then just recently, the Trump January 6th indictment, the stolen election indictment, uh, which is a bunch of conspiracy charges mainly, uh, which I don't think conspiracy should even be a crime uh, because there is no injured party. There is no victim. It's you talking about committing the crime with someone. And to me, that doesn't seem like something the government should punish because there's no victim. And I believe there's no victim, no crime. Unless you say that the January 6th insurrection and the country is the victim of Donald Trump's crimes of talking about the stolen election. And that's where we are over the last couple of days. How do you feel? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Hunter. Hey, we made it by the way. It's 10 55 AM. We did it in 40 minutes. Was that 40? Exactly? Yeah, we were well, 43 minutes from the time that we said 40 minutes. Mm. So not yeah. too bad. Not too bad at all. It's, it's very interesting going through the timeline mm-hmm. and just <clears throat> realizing it's so weird. What, what I think what weirds me out the most is you can know all of these things and then still somehow keep believing the same people who perpetrated all of these lies and manipulation and gaslighting. And we somehow still at least half the country it, you think it can't get worse and it's still, it's still getting worse. Well, one, one part that's really important in that idea is, is all of the rhetoric about Trump and all of the, all of the Hitler, all of the white supremacist and uh, you know, the Charlottesville, the fine people on both sides thing, which was uh, clearly just made up. Okay, because he said like three lines later that he wasn't talking about the Nazis and that they are condemned. They should be condemned uh, that he was talking about the other people. But anyway, um, it's all of that rhetoric about Trump, because what's really important is people will go along with all of that if they think that Trump getting back into power is the scariest environment imaginable. All these other things are fine uh, as long as we don't let Hitler come back. And I mean, imagine, okay, imagine that you were in 1930s Germany and you're actually about to have an election and you knew everything that Hitler was doing. Okay. You knew all of the things you knew who Hitler was. All right. And there was an election coming up. Would you, and a free, I'm talking about a free election where you don't have people that are going to shoot you in the back of the head if you don't cast the right vote or whatever. I'm saying like you got a free election would you do everything that you could to try and prevent Hitler from winning re-election? And the answer is you would, anyone would like if you, it, I'm saying, you know exactly who he is and how many people he's killed and all these things. Would you do anything you could to prevent him from winning? I think you would. And that's why it's so believable also that there was some funny business going on during the election. Because if you truly believed he was that awful, why wouldn't you do everything that you could? To stop him from winning. You even have guys like Sam Harris who wrote a book about lying and how <laughs> bad lying is. 
then come out and say later that it's okay to lie as long as we keep Trump out of office, <laughs> that whatever tactic necessary is okay. And that that's basically what it boils down to. And that's why it's so important for the media to spin up all of that fear, I guess, and all the division in the country, because everything becomes a partisan issue. Uh, the, you know, Russia-Ukraine is a partisan issue. COVID becomes partisan. Everything is a, is a partisan issue. And there's so much division and hatred because of these people who support literally Hitler uh, that you could never, you got to do anything you can to deny those people anything that they want or say. And I think that's one of the reasons it's been so easy and why people are so willing to look past uh, the clearly corrupt Biden family and just act like it doesn't exist because that's still better than Hitler, you know, and it is if he really was Hitler. I don't think he was that bad. Trump, not Hitler. I think Hitler was that bad, but um, not Trump. You know, I didn't vote for him still. Neither did you. Mm -mm. Uh, But I don't think he was that bad of a president in relation to the other presidents that we've had over the last 20 years. He was still bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As for by libertarian standards, he still sucked. But he he kind of was the most libertarian president that we've had. Not a libertarian, but on the scale of libertarian to not, he was closer than all the others, which makes him the least terrible president we've had in the last 20 years. Yeah. So anyway, those are my thoughts on this. And that's why. So to wrap that up, I don't know that this makes me feel any better. <laughs> well, to me, it's important to kind of line out. Like, everything is so chaotic. And anytime we address any situation, you know, I've described it like this before. When you're in an argument with a significant other and you're three hours into the argument, you guys aren't even talking about you're not talking about what this was three hours ago. You're talking about whatever. You're arguing about something that someone said in the argument half an hour ago now. And at that time, it had to do with something else someone said in the argument half an hour before that. You're so far removed from the principle that got you into the argument in the first place. And so that's how I feel when I go to tweet something, X something or whatever. I'm like, what What am I going to say about this? It's all pointless. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if we're going to talk about something, it needs to be the actual root cause of the issues. So I have to line out all of these crazy, crazy things that have happened on top of uh, the fact that we should be pushing for individual liberty and freedom and, and personal responsibility uh, because we're all of these things have removed us from those conversations to where we're not even talking about the important stuff anymore. Well, and this goes back to what we've been talking about lately as well, which is not participating in the lie. Mm-hmm. And this is all like most of this. They're all lies. And and it's on both sides, by the way. It's mm-hmm. not it's not just the woke left, which I would say it leans more heavily in their favor, mm-hmm. but it's on both sides and not participating in the lie is how we actually get out of this mess. You know, I talked to during COVID, I talked so much about the government just being transparent, you know, like just be, give us the raw data. Stop trying to spin stories. Like the American people aren't stupid. And, and this is, this is what tends to happen in societies, society's age. The elites think that the, that the plebes, don't know anything, <laughs> right? And there are going to be a, some dumb people who will ingest bleach or whatever the case may be, but the, there's not many of those people and they'll take themselves out pretty rapidly, okay? There're not many of those. Most people 
can disseminate information in America and decide for themselves. And they just need the truth. And that's mm-hmm. why the truth is so important. It's important to be transparent and truthful be- so that so that relationships, societies, communities, whatever the case may be, don't devolve uh, and continue to build resentment and hatred and bitterness for each other until it turns into an all-out war. Because then no one wins. We have to make sure, like when we're talking to other people, that we're talking from the same premises like the same facts and that's why it's so difficult to have a conversation with someone who is on the left or even some people that are on the right it's so tough to talk to them because they have a completely different set of facts which has created a completely different reality than the one that you're arguing from and there's it's no reason you guys are opposed on all these on all these ideas what if they actually think that uh, Trump called Nazis fine people and that uh, in that statement and you looked at the transcript and you saw that he didn't call them fine people. Well, you guys are arguing from completely different realities now. And how are you going to come to an agreement on it unless you're arguing from the truth, the actual truth? And I was just trying to piggyback on the fact that, yeah, truth is very important. We got to go. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it around. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We appreciate that. Those are free ways to support us. Sign up for the Fed Haters Club. Go to GodHatesFeds.com. There's a link there to join. Or you can go to JoinGML.com. That's JoinGML.com. For as little as 6 bucks a month, be part of the live group. Send Nate suggestions, hate on me, whatever you want to do inside the live group. It's a lot of fun to hang out with these people every single day of the week when we want to. Big thanks to all of our listeners around the country on the Free Talk Live Network. Once again, we have a daily podcast called Good Morning Liberty. You can go to BernieLies.com and listen every single day of the week. See you next week. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact porcupinerealestate.com.